0: Today on Ag News Daily, the new series or the new season, I should say, of Yellowstone comes out this weekend. So for all our Yellowstone fans, that comes out on Father's Day. I'm a big Yellowstone fan, so I'm certainly excited. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Friday here on the Ag News Daily podcast. Delaney Howell joined by Mike Pearson today. I guess we're giving Ashton the day off from hosting.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of nice. Let her rest up a little bit. Hopefully, being a young college student, she's got some big weekend plans. We'll have to catch up with her on Monday.
0: We certainly will. You got any big weekend plans, Mike?
1: Oh, gosh. Great question. And, you know, I do. And actually, if if you don't mind, Delaney, I'd like to make a request of our listeners. Okay. So... A lot of our listeners know I work for Zayner Egg Hedge in Chicago, and Zainer, you know, we have Ted Seifert on quite a bit, and uh, what we like to do at Zaner is is we consider ourselves educational brokers. We want to teach people about the tools that are out there in the markets, so I'm putting together a video lesson series on how options work, buying and selling call and put options, because a lot of folks... Yeah, it's a really confusing topic. You're buying or selling the right, but not the obligation to buy or sell something at a fixed price in the future. It's weird. So I'm trying to explain it a little bit. And this got me thinking... I bet there's a lot of questions about the tools related to the futures and options markets that people have. And so I would say if you're listening, if you've heard us talk about something on Market Monday that makes you scratch your head and go, just what the heck is that? I want to hear about it. Those are the kind of things that, that we'd like to answer. We've got a great team of brokers. I'd like to put a little video together, maybe a, a little lesson and hopefully you know, help people make sense of all the tools that are available to us. So if you've got a marketing question, it can be about anything, uh, drop me an email. Uh, my email at Zayner is mpearson at com. Let me know what you're thinking. And uh, I'm going to start working on that this weekend. Delay Hal.
0: Oh, that will be good. I will look forward to watching some of that.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully it'll turn out okay. We'll see. I'm doing a little production work myself. So folks, uh, don't hold me to very high standards. <laughs> I am not Michael Bay.
0: No, probably not.
1: How about you, Delaney? Big weekend plans?
0: Uh, So we actually bought a house and are closing next week, so we're going to be packing. Yeah.
1: Whoa, congratulations. Thank
0: you. I kind of, like, didn't want to announce anything because I didn't want to jinx it, but I think we're in the clear now, so.
1: That is fantastic. So, did you get a house in the country, in town, where you live We
0: actually got a house on a golf course. Um, For those of you that are familiar with... Iowa, specifically central Iowa, right on 3.30 as yes, you're heading towards Marshalltown. So if you came out through Altoona Durant on 3.30 heading towards Marshalltown, there's a really cool golf course called The Harvester. The
1: Harvester. Yes, which yes. is actually the
0: number one golf course in Iowa. So I'm, I'm a golfer. I'm not sure if we're going to get a golf membership. We found out it's private. So not sure if we're going to get a membership. But I'm a golfer, so I'm kind of excited about living on a golf course. I think it seems very, like, romantic and... Cool, sophisticated. I don't know, but yeah.
1: And if you live on the golf course, Delaney, you can always just walk on and play That's as long as they don't. Of what it. I
0: figured too. Yeah.
1: Maybe don't say that publicly.
0: No, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should scratch that part out. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but yeah.
1: Well, I tell you. Well, that is exciting. Delaney, congratulations. Thank Buying you. a home is, uh, is a lot of fun, and I guess I've got news. We're finally getting the feed yard sold in Grinnell. Oh,
0: wow. Lots of lots yeah. of things to share today, then.
1: Yeah, last uh, last piece of the divorce process coming to an end. So How exciting. exciting. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, I tell you what else is coming to an end. Here's an awkward segue. <laughs> the divorce of the American driver from the ethanol industry. They're coming back together. Delaney Howell, it's a... It is a, a, a re...
0: Unification.
1: Re-sure. Sure. I was trying to keep the marriage thing going, and I couldn't remember. What was it called? Reuniting. People, uh, we do their vows. They recommit, oh, I Oh, yeah.
0: I don't know what that's called. You know, that's a good question.
1: Yeah, well, whatever it is, hmm. but that's what's happening. We've got news that uh, ethanol production continues to increase. We saw EIA release their data, and this last week was the highest production of ethanol in the past 12 weeks. Now, that sounds awesome, and it's a great step in the right direction, but we're still 22% below production levels of the same week last year, but this came with another piece of good news in that we are bringing down ethanol stockpiles. So while production is slow to ramp back up, part of that reason is because we had continued to produce ethanol as people quit driving, and that ethanol has just been sitting in tanks around the country, and now it is starting to get brought back in and is being blended and so ethanol stockpiles have come down to their lowest level since early January. So we're really making some process, progress rather, and we should start to see continuing firmer bids at ethanol plants as these levels continue to increase. Now of course the wild card, and this is what the trade has been watching lately, is the uptick in coronavirus cases across a number of states here in this country. And less importantly for ethanol, but certainly an issue, is the ongoing coronavirus crisis around the world. So these are things we're going to have to keep an eye on. There was talk that Mexico might be interested in importing some American ethanol. We also might see China import some American ethanol with prices uh, as low as they have been with the weakness in the U.S. dollar. All of these things point to a little brighter picture for ethanol with the concern hanging over our heads that, you know, if COVID comes back, people might sit in their homes again. So that's the news right there.
0: Well, I've got some pretty big headline news. Mike, are you ready for this? Always. Okay, so Bloomberg reported just this morning that China is going to be speeding up U.S. farm purchases after they've had some secretive talks in Hawaii, of all places. Apparently, we saw Chinese and U.S. officials have been holding talks in Hawaii this week to talk about the U.S.-China trade deal very Excuse me, very secretive. I don't know of a lot of other news outlets that had been following this or even knew this was going on. But U.S. equities rose at this recent news. But essentially, it sounds like they were talking a lot about how they can make good on their promise to buy more purchases. I believe that Trump's personal relationship with President Xi was also brought up, especially with the release of that Bolton book. So, I don't know, I thought that was interesting and I think it really shows, it's very telling to see really how much goes on behind closed doors that we have absolutely no idea what is going on.
1: Yeah, and so do we know who the Chinese were meeting with? What members of the administration or of the uh, of the ag industry were they talking to over there in Hawaii?
0: Yeah, we don't know that really for sure. Um, I think, don't quote me on this, but I believe U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was there uh, as well as some of China's other top foreign policy officials Uh, Robert Lighthizer I don't want to say definitely wasn't there but he wasn't there at least for the whole thing because we know he was testifying earlier this week in Congress about this trade deal so maybe people of Congress knew and that's how this story got out I don't really know
1: Okay, well, you know, hopefully we didn't have any flash sales of China making purchases of soybeans today, but hopefully next week we'll start to see those come back in and, you know, we can kind of start chewing through this soybean stockpile.
0: Yeah, but they need to, I mean, drastically pick up on especially soybean purchases, but really just overall purchases to meet their phase one farm goals.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And manufacturing purchases. China's way behind on this phase one deal. We continue to hear that they are committed to it from Chinese government insiders like, all right, boys, get your checkbook out if you're committed.
0: Well, and Bloomberg. So this article, I'll try to share it on our Facebook and Twitter page at Ag News Daily. But this article shows a, a chart of basically the last five years and what China has done, you know, purchase wise from January to April and when you look at that compared to the goal of what, 37, 38 mil, billion, sorry, billion with a B, uh, we're at about not quite 5 billion that they've purchased so far. So they've got yeah. a long ways yeah. to go.
1: Right. Time to start sprinting, China, if you're really committed to this deal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sprint to the finish line.
1: Right. Well, there was some sprinting going on in England earlier this morning. There was a news report. An ADM, uh, bean refined, not bean, excuse me, oil seeds refining facility. This one, uh, was a rapeseed producer exploded earlier this morning. Uh, this is a facility is located in southern England. Um, there was an explosion at a, uh, inside the plant and at an adjacent silo. Several workers were injured. Uh, They've been taken to a local hospital where they're being traded. There is no update on their condition. ADM said just a second ago that they don't know yet the cause of the explosion, but they are going to research it. They say the plant is going to be shut down for the foreseeable future. And this plant processes about a million tons of rapeseed each year. The reason I think this is relevant is it produces about 385,000 tons of refined oil. So rapeseed oil, just like soybean oil or cottonseed oil, competes for uh, uh, space in the food oil category. And uh, and additionally, I guess a little bit goes into biofuels in England. I wasn't familiar with that. I don't know what they've got for, for biodiesel initiatives in the UK, but apparently some of this gets used for that. And um, of course, the, the meal that is produced the from the separation gets fed to livestock. So I think as we look ahead to delaying something you've been following quite closely, the pending trade deal with the European Union, excuse me, with the U.K., now that they have uh, gone through Brexit, you know, this might be an indication that uh, they might have to step up their, their meal and oil seed imports, at least in the near term, until they can assess the true damage to this facility and uh, see how long it'll take to get it back online.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like it's, uh, I don't know. We thought it was going to be a quick process, but I don't know that I have faith in that anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, these trade deals are never very quick, but uh, maybe we'll see, uh, see Britain stepping in to make some, some purchases just to fill the, the yes, gap that could be created. That
0: would go a long way, I think.
1: Well, what other news headlines are you keeping an eye on, Delaney?
0: Well, so in response to the EPA's response to the petitioners. That's kind of confusing, but uh, we know that EPA responded to the allegations that they were doing illegal things by allowing people to continue using those dicamba products that you had already purchased for over-the-top use on soybeans and cotton. Well, the groups that have petitioned or that had petitioned against the EPA had now their time to respond and said that the EPA is simply not did not get the message or more likely defied it in a contempt worthy action. So this petition group contains a couple of different ones, including the center for biological diversity and the center for food safety. Uh, I don't want to put a political spin on it, but I think a lot of groups are a little more left leaning than perhaps some of the other ones out there. Um, And so In in their brief, attorneys for the Center for Biological Diversity and the Center for Food Safety questions the legality of their decision, the EPA's decision, to cancel that order and to allow people to continue using existing stocks of Ingenia, Extendamax, and Fexapan. Where it heads from here, I think, is the big question, and I honestly don't know that answer But we've been saying for a while now that we need to have an actual attorney on to talk about all this with us. And it seems we are very close to that getting one scheduled next week to talk about this whole situation.
1: Perfect. And I will not opine at all till we hear from a real legal eagle. Exactly. Um, I just have one other thing that came across my uh, wires earlier today, and this is that uh, Despite all the craziness that's happening in our country, the Senate is still getting some things done, perhaps not necessarily positive things for agriculture. Uh, There was uh, uh, an act that passed the Senate earlier today on a bipartisan vote called the Great American Outdoors Act. Sounds like a good deal, right? We all love the Great American Outdoors but um, what this act did, or part of what this act did, is it made funding for the Land and Water Conservation Fund mandatory. So this means it won't be subjected to the annual budget review process. The money will just go right into this fund to keep it moving. Now, I'm not all that familiar with the machinations of this fund and how this works. However, the NCBA, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association the Executive Director of Natural Resources and Public Lands Council Executive Director, Caitlin Glover, came out opposed to this uh, act after it passed. I'm sure they were opposed to it going into it. I just hadn't seen the press releases. And they said, quote, Today's passage of the GAOA, Great American Outdoor Act, is a disappointment to those who value conservation and active management of our natural resources. By making funding for the LWCF mandatory, proponents of this bill sentenced existing and future lands and waters to the same fate facing federal, current federal assets billions of dollars in deferred maintenances. So they're concerned about what this could mean long term. I have sent out a request. We'll get some information on how this uh, Great American Outdoor Act could impact, particularly our friends uh, ranching out west and in the south, which are most likely going to be touched by this in a more important way. But it's something I want to keep an eye on, and I apologize. It just completely flew under my radar.
0: Oh, you know what? Speaking of, uh, this reminds me of something else that's very important that's going on this weekend, Mike. Big event.
1: What? Oh, big event, big event. Well, today is Juneteenth, the yes, ending it is. of slavery in this country. You're what right. other big events are going on? Well, Blaine? it's
0: Father's Day because my dad texted me and he said, oh. do you know? No, this isn't it. My dad texted me the other day and said, do you know what holiday is this week? Or I don't remember if he called it a holiday or just said, do you know what this weekend is? And I said, yes, Dad, I know it's Father's Day. And he's like, no, there's something much bigger than that. And I said, OK, what? The new series, or the new season, I should say, of Yellowstone comes out this weekend. So for all our Yellowstone fans, that comes out on Father's Day. I'm a big Yellowstone fan, so I'm certainly excited. But it reminds me so much of this great outdoors act because I feel like John Dutton, one of the main characters, would just kick this thing, you know, far, far away from him or do some shady things to get it taken away.
1: Is Yellowstone a documentary about the impending explosion of the Yellowstone supervolcano? You've
0: never seen Yellowstone
1: no, I don't even know that I've heard of that. Oh, my I'm gosh. I'm very disconnected from, like, life, Delaney. You know that. Honestly,
0: Mike, though, this one, this this series would be so right up your alley. It's about this family called the Duttons. They're huge cattle ranchers out in mm-hmm. Bozeman area. Not quite Bozeman, mm-hmm. but close to Bozeman, Montana. Huge mm-hmm. cattle farmers Cattle ranchers, I should say, um, that deal with like Indian reservations, people trying to develop their land, buy it out from underneath them. It's and Kevin Costner is the main star in it. Such a good series. It's shot well. Yeah. It has a great story. There's so many like little pieces that are moving on. I absolutely love the show. Like you need to start watching it. You will be addicted. I promise. <laughs>
1: Well, I think you better send the producers of Yellowstone <laughs> a bill for that fantastic I know. advertisement, Delaney.
0: I know. I'm just so excited yeah. about it.
1: Well, good. All right. Well, you know, I'm I'm very fascinated by the, the super volcano that exists under Yellowstone <laughs> National Park. And, you know, okay. that's uh, well, a whole different
0: issue. They but- reference that, but, you know.
1: All right. Well, you know, maybe I'll tune in. Okay. I tell you what, Delaney, do we have any other news or should we jump into the markets before we get to our true Frye episode? Let's do it. All right, folks, and we got mixed trade. The mark say grains are mixed, corn and beans higher. Wheat continues its sell-off. Taking a look at the corn market, July corn up one and a half cents at 332 and a half. December new crop up two and a half on the day, closed at 345 and a quarter. In soybeans, the July was up three and a half cents at 876 and a half. November new crop breaking through its 100 day moving average and closing above it up four and three-quarter cents to finish at 880 and three-quarters. In the wheat market, Chicago, July wheat down two and a quarter. At 481 and a quarter. December new crop down three and three quarters at 494 and a quarter. Looking over at the livestock market, so we were mixed to start the day. However, both live and feeders and hogs ended up closing lower. August live cattle down seventy cents at ninety five forty. The October contract down fifty five cents, finished at ninety eight eighty five. In feeder cattle, the August off forty two and a half cents at one thirty two fifty five. September down thirty seven fifty to finish at one thirty three eighty seven fifty. And in lean hogs, the July contract down a dollar forty five at forty eight forty five. August off sixty seven and a half cents, closed the week at fifty. 280. In dairy, that rally is continuing. Class three milk, June up eight cents at 21. Even, poof, July up 75 cents. Close the day at 21.18. We're finally back to levels where dairy farmers are seeing some profitability. That's good news, especially for our next guest, the presenter on this Friday, is our friend Tim, the dairy farmer.
2: Hey kids, Tim here. As farmers, we get bored easy, so a lot of farmers drink, and when farmers drink, things happen. Amazingly, some of these farmers have made it into the Guinness Book of World Records. I'm not suggesting we all go out and kill a 12-pack before filing our taxes, but it might make us all get more creative. I'm sure the world's fastest man, biggest plane, or smallest ridings on a grain of rice were all well-thought-out plans to be successful, and then there are the others. The record's broken by farmers. A man in New Hampshire recently broke the world's record for the largest pumpkin ever grown in North America. His pumpkin was 2,528 pounds. Holy cow, that's a big pie. Imagine all those guts. Like any current day news reporter, I didn't research the actual fact, but rather assume what happened was the fact. Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater, had a wife and couldn't keep her. So Peter spent a lot of time at the Chinese buffet. Last Halloween, Peter got home late and his wife got so mad, she threw the jack-o'-lantern out the second-story bathroom window. It landed on the ground by the septic tank in the drain field. Well fertilized by Peter's Chinese food buffet outings, the pumpkin grew to world record status. And that's a fact, Jack. A lantern. Hey, this is Tim the Dairy Farmer. To hear more about me, go to TimTheDairyFarmer.com. I hope y'all are safe and keep milking it.
0: Hey guys, in case you didn't know, when I'm not here hosting Ag News Daily, I'm helping out with the Iowa Farm Bureau's Spokesman Speaks podcast. If you're from Iowa, you're probably familiar with the Spokesman Newspaper, which has the largest readership of any ag newspaper In the state of Iowa. The Spokesman Speaks podcast is an extension of that newspaper, reaching farmers and ag professionals on the go with the stories that matter most. In this week's episode, we have Iowa Secretary of Agriculture Mike Nag talking about state COVID 19 assistance for livestock farmers. We also have Chris Norton, a former college football player who experienced a paralyzing injury on the field. was once given a 3% chance of regaining movement below his neck. Well, Chris beat the odds to walk again, and his inspiring story has plenty of lessons that we could all use right now. You can find and subscribe to the Spokesman Speaks podcast in your favorite podcast app, or go to iowafarmbureau.com slash podcast. Well, always good to hear from Tim, especially on this Friday when we've had a big news dump throughout the week. It's nice to end on a high note
1: absolutely it is folks and don't forget june is dairy month so get out there and enjoy some ice cream it's gonna be a hot one across a lot of the country it's a perfect time of day or week or year always a great time to enjoy some ice cream and it's good to have a friend while you're eating ice cream and i tell you delaney and i and ashton and madison we make great friends you can check out our current and past episodes on our website don't eat your ice cream alone let us join you <laughs> Um, uh, Visit agnewsdaily.com and visit us on social media to search for Ag News Daily on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. With that, Delaney, should we let the
0: people go? Let's let them go.